Have you ever thought about all the ways you could die? We have. Grab a drink that's good enough to die for. And let's get gruesome. Welcome to Drinks with Death. Just uh, still crouching it. Still I know. Crouching it. I can't believe you are. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? It's coming up next week. Um, we're going to my parents' house, and we do um we do a Thanksgiving Eve dinner with cheese fondue. Okay, that's and fun. then we then we do non traditional Thanksgiving with like beef tenderloin or something. So, how about you? So we are getting doing dual sides, both sides of the family this year. So we're going to the lake for the first half of Thanksgiving break and seeing Ryan's parents um, and they're doing prime rib for us. So we don't have to have back-to-back turkeys, although I wouldn't complain about that, but I definitely love prime rib. And then we're coming back here for my family is coming to stay at my parents' house who live very close to me. So we get to see them for the actual Thanksgiving dinner. So it's kind of great. It's kind of perfect this year. I'm, I'm loving it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so fun. Um, but your week kind of makes me tired. <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It definitely won't be like, well, the, the lake should be pretty relaxing for the most part. That's um, good. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with your parents, they're right there. So it's not like you're. And they're right there. And we're going to their house for the meal. Oh, so there you go. I mean, I don't have to like have my house spick and span clean for anybody, you know. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's sh- perfect. It should be good. Everything Excellent. should be good. Yeah. Fantastic. So what are we doing today? It's your turn. In fact, we are doing Death by Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. waddle waddle. I know, exactly. <laughs> gobble gobble. Gobble gobble. Yeah. <laughs> so our drink is actually a waddle waddle. It is. <laughs> we're drinking uh, a drink called the Turkey's Waddle. And I love it. I know. I found this cocktail on Food and Wine who credits uh, Bill Norris for the recipe, saying that he was inspired by a Thanksgiving punch that he made one year. Hmm. And I am really excited about this one. I mean, listen to these ingredients, y'all. So it's two and a half ounces of rye whiskey, three quarters of a teaspoon of St. Elizabeth allspice dram, which is a rum-based allspice liqueur. I actually was able to find this at our local um, liquor store, and Mm. it's pretty tasty. Uh, So then it has one ounce of apple cider, and then half an ounce of simple syrup, two strips of orange zest, and then you take all that with some ice and a shaker, and then you strain that into a glass with ice, and you put your ginger, little bit of ginger beer on top. So it's kind of hitting like all of my favorite things Mm -hmm. in a drink. Uh, you know, I you know, you love the bourbon whiskey base <laughs> drink. Always. I need to but I'm out. actually really excited about this drink too. When I was making it, I was like, "This sounds, this smells so good." The flavors, I was excited like about fall. the combination. It yes. does. Very excited about this one. Definitely, me too. Okay, are you ready to try it? I'm ready. Cheers. Cheers. Clink clink. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's everything i wanted it to be i mean that is so smooth mm-hmm. it's so smooth and i actually so i did not buy the dram because 
Yeah, I actually my, meant to bring you some when I found it. I was like, oh, I should drop some of this off at Lovin's house. But sorry, I didn't get to that. That's okay. <laughs> you have enough going on. Um, my leg is still broken. I still cannot drive. I still cannot do all the things. So I have some bitters. And I, I, I did a little Google a little yes. Google research, and they said that was a good uh, alternative. Acceptable, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. an acceptable alternative. So that's what I did. And um, this is so good. Yeah, it's And really I love good. ginger beer, and it just has a really nice presence of ginger beer. Um, but it has that citrus and then the cider. I'm just, oh, it's really good. Definitely one of my favorite ones we've made so far, for sure. Yeah. And a really good Thanksgiving cocktail. I highly recommend this. People, you should totally check this yes, out. Yes, definitely try this one, y'all. Really good. Okay, so I really loved that you did our Halloween episode. Okay. And I love the idea of keeping sort of some holiday themes in there, here here and there. Um, so obviously I thought I should take a stab, no pun intended, <laughs> oh. <laughs> at finding some Thanksgiving death stories. Ooh. Okay, so first we're going to get pretty gory. <laughs> oh, God. So we're like literally, let's get gruesome. We're we, doing it. We're, we're just going right. We're, we're diving right getting in. getting <laughs> gruesome. And these okay. first ones are pretty <laughs> gruesome. Oh, crap. Uh, but then I want to kind of lighten things up a little bit after that. So Okay, thank you for starting with gruesome first. Yes, three kind of really gruesome stories. But then we're going to get a little bit lighter for our Thanksgiving okay. holiday episode here. Okay, so are you ready? I am ready. Okay, so first we have this story is just too much on so many levels. Um, the story of Omaima Nelson. She was a 23-year-old fashion model that was married to 56-year-old Bill Nelson. Okay. That is a 33-year age difference. Okay. Okay, so this couple had only been married for less than three weeks, and they'd only known each other for a total of five weeks. Okay. On Thanksgiving Day in 1991 in Costa Mesa, California, Omaima attacked Bill with a pair of scissors, repeatedly stabbing him. And when that didn't kill him, she then grabbed an iron and bludgeoned him to death. Oh. She hit him so hard with this iron, Lovin, that it actually broke in her hand. Oh, my. Okay, but... This story gets so much crazier. Oh, gosh. So she then butchered his body on the kitchen floor. She boiled his hands in oil to remove his fingerprints. She stuck his head in the freezer so that she could later break out his teeth in hopes that he wouldn't be identified. (laughs) And, of course, (laughs) she castrated poor Bill as well. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. So she stuffed some of the body parts in the trash into trash bags, and then she put others down her garbage disposal. And oh. Yeah. That's not good, people. You should not. No, and let's not put forget. Put body parts yeah. in the garbage disposal. No, not good. But let's not forget it was Thanksgiving. So she actually told a psychiatrist that she prepared Bill's ribs with a barbecue sauce and put them in the oven and ate them. Shut up. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Was it just her her solo little Thanksgiving treat for herself? Is uh, her dead husband's ribs? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I disgusting. Mean, what the heck? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's very disturbing. Very. So over the next few days, Omaima enlisted a couple of her ex-boyfriends to help her get rid of Bill's leftover a remains. Of her yeah. ex-boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> These are 
pretty loyal exes, I have to say. I'm pretty right? sure I don't yeah. have any exes who would help me dispose of a body. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so on December 1st, police got a tip about body parts being seen inside of a parked car that belonged to Bill Nelson. So officers oh. dropped by Omima's home to inform her of the discovery. And when they were there, they found more newspaper-wrapped pieces of Bill in the refrigerator. Oh. They arrested Omima immediately, obviously, for first-degree murder. <laughs> uh, to prepare her for her trial, she had to undergo a psychological evaluation in which the psychiatrist asserted that Omima was in, quote, a psychotic state, you think? Clearly. Um, when the crime was committed and added that in 20 years of his practice, he had never experienced a conversation with a subject so bizarre or so psychotic. Oh, my gosh. Any insight into why she was so psychotic? So she claimed self-defense. She said that in addition to um, she she basically made these claims that Bill had tried to rape her, that he was a BDSM enthusiast, that routinely bound her against her will and raped her. Um, she actually claimed even that on that morning of Thanksgiving that he had raped her and that she had feared that he would kill her. But the police officers in Orange County and, and the district attorney countered that claim and stated that Omaima was actually a scam artist who preyed on men specifically using bondage sex games to rob them. And at the time of Bill's murder, in fact, well, Omaima actually faced three felony charges regarding a 1990 incident in which she allegedly tied up an ex, not one of the ones that helped her, helped her I'm guessing. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Slapped him around and demanded money at gunpoint. Whoops. So, anyways, just a really, really disturbing Thanksgiving insane. story, right? All right. Definitely a psychotic break, though, I believe. I believe that was a little bit. very uh, clearly stated by the psychiatrist. A little bit. So bizarre, <laughs> so psychotic. <laughs> All right. So next up, Thanksgiving Day 2009, four members of the same family were shot and killed after eating dinner in Jupiter, Florida. Mm -hmm. So Paul Michael, I'm not sure, positive I'm pronouncing this last name right, but Paul Michael Merhige. Is okay. at 35 years old. He sat down for Thanksgiving dinner with his family. After the family cleared their plates, they gathered together around the piano to sing some Christmas songs. And while the family sang, Paul went to his car and returned back inside with a gun. He shot and killed his twin sisters, Carla and Lisa, oh. who were both 33 years old. Oh. But Lisa was actually pregnant. Oh, man. I, I know. Ugh. And then he shot and killed his 76-year-old aunt, and his final victim was six-year-old Michaela Sitton. No. I know. What the hell? I know. Some of the family members suspected that he killed her intentionally because she was singing at the piano and sort of garnering a lot of attention from the family. What? Yeah. Okay. Another psychotic break. Another what the hell? Yeah. So after five weeks on the run... Um, he was finally arrested in January 2010. It was charged with four counts of first-degree murder and two counts of attempted first-degree murder. He accepted a plea deal and was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences for the murders. Oh. And he became known as the Thanksgiving Day Killer. 
Uh, any insight into why he would do this? No, they said that he was sort of distanced from the family. Um, and he had been for a long time. He had had a couple incidents with his sister where, um, his sister reported him and had a restraining order against him saying that he was trying to kill her. And then he had done exactly the same thing to her a few years prior to, to her restraining order. So they both dropped them within a couple of weeks of having the restraining order. So it seemed like there was just some family turmoil with this guy in particular it had gone on for years. He actually said after he committed the homicides, he actually said out loud in, during the incident that he had waited 20 years to do that, to kill them. Oh, <laughs> so, lovely. So <laughs> why would you invite this guy to, I know he's your brother and all, but well, so like I would not invite him to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. So actually the, the person that was hosting at their house did not invite him. Oh. Oh, so there were other people there. There were 16 family members there. Oh, crap. So yeah. he just, oh, my. Okay. Yeah. So Yikes. it could have been a, a lot worse. I mean, I hate to say yeah. it like that, but it definitely could have been a lot worse. Um, oh, my. Do you, did it give any details as to, like, did they tackle him? Did he? No, his gun, um, like, jammed and wouldn't continue firing at some mm. point when he was trying to shoot at his uncle. Oh, no, because then he ran away, so they didn't get him. They couldn't tackle him. No, they you didn't. You said that. Yeah. He was on the no, run he for was five on the weeks. run, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, last week we talked about magic. Vet your volunteers. Now maybe Thanksgiving you might want to vet your guests. <laughs> yes. Just be I don't careful. know. Yeah, be careful, man. Okay, so this is the last of the deaths. Um, and I have heard – I had heard this story before. I'm not sure if that will be familiar to you at all, but it is – Okay. I think pretty fascinating, interesting. Um, so this is on Thanksgiving Day in 2012 – when Haley Kiefer, who's 18 years old, and her cousin, Nicholas Brady, 17, broke into the home of Byron David Smith, 60, who's 64 years old at the time, and this is in Little Falls, Minnesota. Now, Smith was armed with a, a rifle in his basement, and he shot the teens separately, minutes apart, as they came down the stairs into the basement. Does any of this sound familiar to you? No. Okay, so he had claimed at trial that prior to the murders, he had been burglarized at least half a dozen times over the preceding few months, but he actually had only ever reported one of these burglaries to the police. So he used this as kind of um, as a reason for killing them, saying that mm-hmm. he was fearful because he had been burglarized so many times. And are you familiar with the Castle Doctrine at all? Yes, yeah. Okay, so it's basically like a stand your ground, right? Like um, yeah. that you can that you can disarm someone even using lethal force to disarm mm-hmm. them if they are in your home on your property. So this yeah, was, one of the Halloween um, deaths was uh, had to do with the Castle Doctrine. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. So this is kind of what he's after, right? He's basically saying that listen, they were on in my home, mm-hmm. so I had every right to shoot them. Well, there were some some problems, though, with his story. So after he had been burglarized the one time or the dozen times, half a dozen times, whatever you want to believe there, um, he had installed some security cameras around his home. 
And one of those security cameras actually showed that he had moved his vehicle down the road, parking it in front of a neighbor's home in order to show that in order for the house to look like he wasn't there. Mm. So by his own account to the police, police, Smith had been visiting neighbors when he saw Haley, um, who he had suspected was responsible for the burglaries, driving past his home. He commented to that neighbor that he needed to get ready for her and went back to his home. So then he went to his home, he went into the residence, he turned on an audio recording device, he went down into the basement, he removed light bulbs from the ceiling lights in the basement and positioned himself in a chair that was obscured from view so that when anybody was coming, descending down the stairs into the basement, they wouldn't be able to see him sitting there in his chair. He heard the window upstairs break and he heard Nicholas Brady climb in So there's audio of all this. He recorded this. There's audio of this entire thing. Hmm. So Smith then waited in silence for 12 minutes while he knows that Nicholas is in his house. Nicholas begins to then descend into the basement. Smith shot him twice on the stairs, once in the head after he Hmm. fell to the bottom of the stairs. Smith then made taunting remarks to Brady's body, wrapped him in a tarp, and dragged him into the next room. He went upstairs... And then 10 to 15 minutes later, you can hear him on the audio recording, recording, returning back down to the basement. He reloaded his weapon and took his previous position in the obscured chair in the basement. Minutes later, he heard Haley enter the home and she could, she, you can hear on the audio recording calling her cousin's name. So she's looking for him in the house Mm -hmm. and she makes her way down the same stairs into the basement and Smith shot her wounded wounded her as she fell down the stairs and Smith be heard on the recording saying, Oh, sorry about that. Followed by Haley saying, Oh my God, very quickly. And then Smith shot her again, multiple times in the torso in the midst of which she's screaming, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then he also shot her in the left eye. And Ooh. then he dragged her into the other room and then put her body on top of her cousins and shot her one final time under the oh. chin, killing her. Was that necessary? So, no, it was not necessary. Of course not. Um, the The audio recording is, is just astounding. I want to play a little bit of it for you. I'm not going to play the part where they actually get, where they're actually murdered. Thank you. Um, it's really, really tough to listen to. Okay, so... The the audio is pretty grainy. Okay. I just want you to hear the way he's talking about the fact that he just murdered these two kids. Okay. Okay. You ready? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're not going to hear any of the okay. actual right. okay. killing. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Cleaning up a mess. 
Not even like it. Not even like diarrhea. It's the worst mess possible. You aren't human. I, I don't see them as human. I see them as vermin. This bitch is going to go through her life spoiling things for other people. he's i mean he he thinks he did nothing wrong here first of all um yeah that's super disturbing um and for him to say was he just like walking around his house talking to himself or was he talking into this like he was dictating in this recorder i think i i think that he was dictating into it for for some of it i also think for i mean it's hours and hours of recording that they actually have and i think for some of it he was sitting in that chair and that recording that little personal audio recording device was sitting close enough to him where they could just hear everything um but i do think some of it he was dictating and i mean the part where he says that they thought it would be fun it would be cool and highly profitable until someone kills you it's (sighs) just so, so cold so disturbing oh gosh yeah so these recordings were actually sort of single-handedly the thing that that the jurors said really were instrumental in deciding that this did not fit the castle doctrine did not fit a stand your ground Uh, yeah he was he was lying in wait he drew them in by moving his car and making it look like he wasn't there he didn't at all yell up to them when they were upstairs in the house and say i'm here get out Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. So on April 29th, 2014, Smith was found guilty on two counts of first degree murder with premeditation mm. and two counts of second degree murder after three hours of jury deliberation. Mm. Mm-hmm. He was immediately sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The audio recordings were named by the jurors as the biggest influence on their decision. Mm-hmm. Quote, that was the most damning piece of evidence in my mind, one of the jurors mm-hmm. said. Quote, that audio recording of the actual killings and the audio recording of Mr. Smith's interview immediately after his arrest pretty much convinced me that we are dealing with a deranged individual. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. Yeah. Just a little deranged. Oh, my gosh. That is. Oh, I don't. I do not remember that at all. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've probably just seen it on one of those. I'm sure other, you know, crime. Um fanatics if we have any out there that are listening to us will will remember that story because it's i feel like i've i've seen that story multiple times but yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting in that he drew them in and lured them in by moving his car and that he laid in wait and that i think the the obviously the most interesting thing is that he had six hours of audio um of himself surrounding the time and that he just turned it over to them yeah, that does not help your case. And that is not the Castle Doctrine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not at all. <clears throat> no, exactly. not at all. Exactly. 
My goodness. So when when do we start to go to the um, this, more upbeat story? This is it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I sense that you're ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So these next stories are <laughs> the Macy's Day Parade. Okay. You're, you're familiar, right? Thanksgiving, sure, Macy's Day Parade. Love it. Okay. Is that something that your family does? Do you guys typically watch totally. that? Totally. Do you guys really? We, yeah. We, we do not, but Ryan's family does. So I've actually yeah. enjoyed incorporating that into my um, – you know, Thanksgiving traditions. So since 1927, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade has been an American tradition. One second, because this is not the right article. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. This is the right article. (laughs) Please leave this in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Okay, so Macy's Day, the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade has been going on since 1927. So in the first few years of the parade, they actually didn't have a plan for deflating the balloons when it introduced them right into the parade in 1927. So for several years, balloons were simply released into the air at the end of the show. Did you know that? (laughs) No, I did not know that. (laughs) Sounds like a terrible idea. That sounds very problematic. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, not a good idea. And it turns out it wasn't a good idea. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. No one died or anything, but (laughs) there... Right, because it would have been covered when you did Death by Balloon. (laughs) Yes, it would have been. So balloons were simply released into the air at the end of the show where they would stay until they deflated naturally. So this method didn't always go as smoothly as intended. In 1931, a balloon modeled after the classic cartoon Felix the Cat got caught in a high-tension wire after its handlers let go of it, and it burst into flames shortly after becoming ensnared. Oh, dear. Yeah, so (laughs) the practice of freeing balloons at the end of the parade continued until 1932 when it nearly led to disaster. During these early years, Macy's offered reward money to whoever retrieved and returned their loose balloons. So they would release the balloons into the air and then tell people, we'll give you a couple hundred dollars if you return, track down the balloon and return it to us. I don't remember how much the reward money was, but I feel like it was around $100, $200, something like that. Okay. Um, So some people went so far as risking their lives to claim the reward. So this is a 22-year-old woman who was flying a plane over Queens when she spotted a 60-foot Tomcat balloon floating nearby, and she flew into it. (gasps) Oh, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Hoping that she would send it back to Earth. Oh, I feel like they might teach that to you um, in flight school. (laughs) Don't fly into stuff? Yeah. Don't fly into things. (laughs) Big no. Yeah. So the balloon snagged the wing and nearly brought the plane down. At one point, the woman came close to falling from the plane when the cabin door flew open. So luckily, her flight instructor, (laughs) she wasn't even a pilot yet. (laughs) Was able to read. I think she failed that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Her flight instructor was able to regain control of the aircraft. And then after this event, Macy's decided to officially end its tradition of releasing balloons. (laughs) Okay. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. So this, I'm just going to skip all the way ahead to 1997, which is now considered the balloon massacre of 1997. This is when we had really high winds that led to the most notorious accidents in the event's history. 
So one of the most memorable incidents was this violent destruction of a Barney the Dinosaur balloon. Um, Okay, can I play you a little bit of this too? You can play that for me. I do not remember this. I mean, again, I was not watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parades until the last, you know, several years, few years. But um, yeah. Well, let's see. I would have been, we would have been, this would have been our what year sophomore year in college uh-huh 97 yep so i was probably sleeping <laughs> <laughs> i feel certain you were sleeping too <laughs> i feel certain you are correct <laughs> okay can you see i can so see this is pretty incredible because this balloon is about four or five stories tall you have for those of you who don't watch the macy's day parade um there are balloon handlers that are holding onto ropes. There are sometimes three, four, five handlers on each rope that are trying mm-hmm. to hold it to the ground. And this balloon is filled with just massive amounts of helium. Mm-hmm. Um, and this day in particular in 1997 is extremely windy outside. So the balloon, the, the Barney's balloon is sort of begins to sway into one side of the the road where the crowd, two million people were at this parade this day. Mm. So it begins to sway onto one side of the road and sway into the other side of the road. So you can kind of hear, well, you'll be able to hear love in the, the chaos. Looks like Barney's just waving. Oh boy. Waving. He's just waving. Looks like they might be losing control. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, listen to the people screaming. Yeah, I mean they're 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 terrified. Oh my gosh. And the poor handlers. Right, so the handlers are there. You can see that they're sort of frantically working. Oh my gosh. To try to control the balloon. And then at some point, there's a there's a lamppost here at the bottom of your screen. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the handlers, they're like laying, they're laying on, on top, top of, of each, each other, other just yes. to hold it down. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And now and the handlers, I would just like to point out, are dressed like Barney. This <laughs> <laughs> just adds to this. Yeah. Oh god. Good observation. So he's about to run into a lamppost, which is a very common way these balloons okay. get oh injured. Oh boy, he's flown. Oh and his, boy. And his leg is gonna get popped. Oh. Oh. Right, right here. There he goes. So, oh my god. <laughs> it's a huge hole in his oh, upper. God, Barney. <laughs> oh my god. In his abdomen. Huge hole. They still don't have control of him. They're still trying to wrestle him back to the ground. Oh my gosh, Barney. Oh my gosh. Oh, Barney has a big hole in him. Oh, Barney went away. Oh my. So this part in a minute, you're gonna see. Oh gosh. (laughs) 
Okay, so I'm going to jump ahead in the video a little bit now. So they're, they're still trying to wrestle Barney to the ground, as you can kind of see here. Um, he's got this... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's got this huge hole in his side. And what's going to happen here is right oh here, they start gosh. to get him a little bit closer to the ground. And you're going to see the police just start to swarm on top of Barney. And what they're doing right here, do you see this, is stabbing him. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I cannot him. wait. I cannot wait to upload this video. How <laughs> have, How is this not like so viral? How oh, is this video not all over the place? <laughs> I mean, first of all, Barney just being taken down by a lamppost. Just the biggest hole and the police are just, just stabbing, stabbing him. him. <laughs> they it's like a vertical, ver you know, in the, the pirates where they like, you, you see in the movies where they like grab the knife and they go, they like tear down the sail oh, and, yes, with their knife. Yes. It's like a, it's like a horizontal version of that. That's exactly it. It's, <laughs> it's just like stabbing just it and pulling. like too much. Can you believe that happened? Oh my gosh. I cannot believe I don't remember this. I'm sure my sister will be like, I totally remember that. <laughs> my parents, <laughs> but I do not remember that. Holy cow. I cannot wait to put that video up because, oh my gosh. It's pretty that great, will right? Be, um, on our website and our YouTube channel. It's definitely pretty great. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so the very last event in 1997, um, well, it's not the last. There were lots of balloons that went down that day. That's why they refer to it as the Great Balloon Massacre um, okay. because of the high winds. So, but the, this is, um, so this this next one happened when a giant cat in the hat, this cat in the hat balloon was six stories tall, enormous, again, knocked into a street light, and about a four to five foot section of the street light actually f fell down and it fell onto the crowd below and the debris oh. yeah the so the, it actually injured four people. It sent two women to the hospital, one of whom was in a coma for a month. Oh, dear. From a skull fracture. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, she later sued Macy's and New York City and walked away with a multi-million dollar settlement. It's undisclosed amount, but I think she sued them initially for like four, $350 million. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So after this, after the 1997 balloon massacre, the regulations, some of the regulations changed. The types of balloons that were allowed in the parade were, they had to be smaller um, they kind of scaled them back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe read the weather before. And, and the weather, <laughs> yes, exactly. High winds, yeah. Or a no no. Um, and the the only really there were only was only really one kind of from the new millennium from the two thousands um, that occurred in two thousand five when the M and M balloon was knocked off course by a sudden gust of wind in Times Square and ended up damaging a light pole. And the accident actually showered broken glass onto spectators and sent two sisters to the hospital just for cuts and bruises. They were mm -hmm. released just hours later. But okay. since I'm not a big Macy's Day Parade person, I didn't know that th this excitement with the balloons and whether they're going to make it through the parade and what kind of drama <laughs> is going to unfold is actually one of the reasons that people report watching at the Macy's Day Parade. What? Have you I, heard that? No. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like gambler's paradise. <laughs> I, no. I, had, I was like, oh, well, that makes it more interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You could bet on what balloons are going to make it to the end. <laughs> 
I think on a windy wow. day, you definitely could make a game of that. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Wow. I mean, it's going to take on a whole new meaning this year when we watch it. Isn't it? I yeah. know. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay, so now that we're done with Barney and the Crazy Balloons of 1997, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about turkeys for a minute because I thought that I might be able to find some crazy turkey death or somebody choking on a turkey bone or... I don't know, some kind of way that somebody died from a turkey, but I honestly couldn't really find much of anything. But what I did find was that turkeys, wild turkeys, have kind of an interesting history in America. So hmm. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about it. Okay. So beginning around the time of the first Thanksgiving harvest feast in North America in the 1620s, European settlers almost wiped out the native wild turkeys on the entire continent. So by the early 1900s, there were only about 30,000 wild turkeys left in the whole country with regulation. So this is basically from farming, right? They were mm -hmm. they were building and farming and mm -hmm. destroying the forests that they lived in and therefore destroying the population of turkeys. Mm -hmm. um, but with regulations passed in the early 1970s and conservation efforts that, I mean, really focused on trying to bring the wild turkey back to America – and back from extinction, then they have been so successful that the population of wild turkeys in the United States is now 7 million. Whoa. Yes. From 30,000? 30,000, 1970s, wow. to now 7 Dang. million. And you can find wild turkeys in all 40, in 49 states, so even Hawaii, mm -hmm. except for Alaska. Alaska is the only one huh. that doesn't have any wild turkeys. Turkeys are in Hawaii, but not Alaska. It's too cold. Huh. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay. It's a surprising little tidbit. A surprising fact. Mm -hmm. um, the last fact I'm going to tell you about, <laughs> I just thought this was kind of adorable, um, that Benjamin Franklin actually advocated for the wild turkey to be declared the national bird. He, oh. He obviously <laughs> lost the debate. <laughs> To those who wanted to name the bald eagle as the national bird. But here's what he said. Here's what his reasoning was. He said, for my part, I wish the bald eagle had not been chosen the representative of our country. He is a bird of bad moral character. He does, he does not get his... This cracks me up. <laughs> he does not get his living honestly. You may have seen him perched on some dead tree near the river, where, too lazy to fish for himself, he watches the labor of the fishing hawk. And when that diligent bird has at length taken a fish and is bearing it to his nest for the support of his mate and young ones, the bald eagle pursues him and takes it from him. <laughs> The turkey is, in comparison, a much more respectable bird, <laughs> and withal a true original native of America. <laughs> there you huh. go, folks. Benjamin Franklin, turkey advocate. <laughs> I had no idea eagles were so, um... Yeah. Vulturous. <laughs> yeah. They're like cheaters, it seems it's like. interesting. It's interesting. Um... I have no comment. Those are your turkey facts for this Thanksgiving. <laughs> Things that you may not have known about the wild turkey and the turkey's history here I mean, in our We country. needed some turkey facts for sure. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm wondering at this point if anyone thought that I might be skipping a rather obvious turkey death. Me? I know what you're going to say. What is it? Turkey fryer. Yes, the turkey, fr- the fried turkey, right? We've all I'm waiting seen- for the fried turkey deaths. Where no, are the fried turkey deaths? There aren't any. What? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Lots of fires. Lots of people have set some pretty massive fires. I mean, there's one person who like set th- her house and the ho- two houses on either side of her on fire. Oh, um, Lord. Trying to fry a turkey outside on her patio. But yeah, no no deaths that I could find. And there is the really interestingly, Fox News has an article. Um, it's a very poorly written article. Sorry, Fox News. Very short, um, but it has a little blurb in it about there being five deaths per year related to trying to deep fry a whole turkey. And that just does not appear to be true at all. It's very like the coconut deaths, right? Yes, where somebody claimed this statistic and mm-hmm. it's just not true. And there's no there's no facts to back it up. None. I even asked Lovin to look it up, see if she could find any, because I was like, I don't know where we're getting this. I don't know where Fox News got this from. I mean, Fox News does um, claim a, a source, which is like the National Fire Protection Agency or Association or something like that. But even on their website, you can't find anything about mm-hmm. five deaths a year. So yeah, very weird, very bizarre. Yes, very bizarre. So while fry, while deep frying a whole turkey is still not a safe thing to do, and you should really look up how to do it safely if you're going to attempt it. Uh, to best I could find, no one has died from. Maybe they meant um, five Thanksgiving dinners were murdered, like <laughs> your dinner was ruined <laughs> because you blew up your house. I don't know. It's five, a long shot. Yeah, five. <laughs> Five Thanksgiving dinners every year. Yeah, I could actually see that. That that seems to suss out a little better. Yeah. I know. Grasping at straws right here. There you go. Oh, my gosh. I love that, Erin. That was fascinating. Those are some, you know, I'm not going to say fun. We're not going to use that word anymore. (laughs) Those were some fascinating stories about balloons and turkeys and some really disturbing stories about crazy people. Yes, right? Not bad. So my stories today were brought to you by mentalfloss.com, Investigation Discovery, for all of our gruesome um, Thanksgiving Day murders, (laughs) cbsnews.com, Wikipedia, finally. Uh Holla! Our drink recipe came from foodandwine.com. I love it. YouTube for our Barney video. <laughs> Wasn't that a good Cannot one? I wait to share that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That was just too much, right? Then America, newamericanjournal.net. Awesome. All right, people. Have a very, very safe and happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Just think about how much more regal the turkey is that you're eating and that you really should be eating an eagle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Maybe, you know, I don't know what to say. (laughs) It was actually, there. there's like a documentary that's coming out um, about a place called Brookline, a city called Brookline in Massachusetts and where they have this, like a gang of turkeys that basically like terrorizes the town. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's it's gonna be I think she's tentatively named the documentary Turkey Town 
Um, nice. So y'all look for that. If you see it, you should you should watch it. It's uh, the, the the turkey attack videos from this town in particular are pretty pretty hilarious. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah. Excellent. All right, well, loving. follow us. Don't forget, follow us on the social media, Instagram, Facebook, at Drinks with Death Podcast, and drop us a line, drinkswithdeathpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Yes, we love y'all, and happy, happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Bye. Bye.